You know I'd like to do the new. Can you stroke him so he stops panting? That's gross. (laughs) (laughs) Usually that's the opposite. He's talking about the dog. Of the Daily Screening Podcast. My name, as always, is Daily, uh, and I'm joined tonight by my lovely wife, Jamie. Hello, Jamie. Hello. Hello. And my partner in 80s steroidal crime, Bartholomew Devon. Hello, Bart. I must break you. You must must break me. Uh, Tonight we're talking Expendables 3. Uh, But before we talk Expendables 3, uh, you know, we're at a wedding this weekend, and I was talking to one of our good old friends Rob Donovan, and he uh, made the very valid suggestion that perhaps we are shortchanging our listeners uh, by doing all of our current events, our movie news stuff at the end of the podcast, because, uh, you know, people who haven't seen the movie we're talking about probably will skip that episode. Uh, so I thought we'd we'd shake things up, see how this goes. I don't know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. We're going we're gonna to hit the news at the top of the podcast. I really want to know how you're going to find out whether it worked or not. Yeah, I don't know. We'll, <laughs> we'll see, I guess. Yeah. Uh, it's going to take four to six weeks in order to see the returns, uh, see the actual impact, but uh, uh, I don't know. Anyway, uh, what so, do you got, bud? Uh, well, you know, we got to start on a melancholy note. Robin Williams. Yeah. Poor, poor Robin Williams passed away this week. Um, I mean, I don't. I almost, I almost don't know what to say about it. Uh, you know, we committed suicide uh jamie you said uh i didn't see the story but you said it looks like uh he hung himself hanged himself hanged himself let's be grammatically correct about this Mm -hmm. um yeah i mean it's you know when you said that last night it's i mean it had already been sort of made known that it was you know that it was suicide you know he'd been dealing with uh depression and whatnot but um yeah once you actually say the word he hanged himself like all of a sudden, like that image just made like it just hit me in a totally different way. All of a sudden, it just felt so much more uh, visceral, so much more like graphic. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what it is. Well, because um, then you have to picture it. Yeah, exactly. And you know what? And it's not even like the image of him, not to be gruesome, but it's not even like the the image of him like hanging. It's the image of him like putting up the noose and like standing on a chair and like you know whatever it is. It's like that mindset of like all the things you have to do in order to, like, go through with all that. I mean, it's just, I... I, No, anything that makes a situation like that more concrete makes it harder to deal with. Yeah. I mean, I certainly, you know, he's one of those guys where he... Certainly, I think we were sort of of uh, of an age where um, a lot of his... He sort of hit that kind of peak popularity. You know, his career has gone through many swells. I mean, he was really big you know in his younger days back you know Mork and Mindy Uh um, and and his stand up stuff uh, back in the late 70s and early 80s when we were sort of too young to really or not alive or too young to really appreciate that stuff but um, you know we sort of I think are of the age group where he started to hit that sort of 
mid-range, that sort of family-friendly fare, but not in a, like, Eddie Murphy, Steve Martin way, where it's like, oh, he's doing these family movies. Like, he was doing stuff like, you know, Aladdin and Mrs. Doubtfire, uh, but people loved it. Like, his his shtick kind of transcended um, the audience. Um, and yeah. they were, not only were they, like, huge successes, but they're, you know, those are massively beloved films. And I'm not the biggest fan of Mrs. Doubtfire. I mean, I probably, I enjoyed it when I was a kid but i feel like i grew out of that movie pretty quick um and i was it's interesting because we were just talking about this at the wedding we were at this weekend too because i feel the same way about hook like i am not i liked hook when i was you know 10 we and, all did and i but i grew out of hook I a long time ago hook. and yeah and i'm very much in the minority about that apparently everybody everybody loves hook i am not the world's biggest fan of hook we were just talking about that like on saturday because um, you can become a grown-up and still fly still play absolutely aladdin aladdin is the other one i mean you, well aladdin, aladdin is aladdin i mean aladdin is aladdin but yeah i remember going to buy the aladdin soundtrack oh sure I, that went was... to, I went to tower records when there was still tower records when those existed yeah. and i remember that i bought the full aladdin soundtrack and the single these are both tapes mm. of what's my name by snoop dogg together nice that's my memory that's fantastic it was i was one of the first like I remember, I went with my sister. I think that was yeah. those. Those might have been the first things that I bought. Well, I think like, you know, Aladdin. I think is the first movie that I that, that soundtrack was in heavy rotation in my house. I mean, that was something that was like we had that on CD. That was one of the first CDs I remember like mm, having. Mm-hmm. That was like a CD that it wasn't mine, but it was like a CD. It was like I want to listen to that, so uh, like I would put it in and play it. And uh, so that was in heavy heavy rotation. Um, but I think Aladdin was also, I believe, the first movie I saw in a theater more than once. Mm. Um, I know, I know, I saw that in a theater twice. I'm pretty sure that's the first one. The only other one, like early one that I remember, is uh, Back to the Future Three, uh, which you know maybe doesn't hold up quite as well. well. But uh, but I'm pretty sure Aladdin's the first movie I saw in a theater more than once, and I was happy to do so. It was like I went once with uh, with my family, and then I went another time, I think, with my aunt Paula. Um, and it was like, oh, she hasn't seen it. Well, let's go again. Yeah, I'll totally go again, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking, you know, I was trying to think back. You know, I have a very specific Robin Williams memory. Um, and Jamie, I mean, so, you know, Jamie and I both lived in L.A. for a long time. Did you ever – he wasn't really an L.A. resident. He was more San Francisco. Yeah. But he would be in town for various things. You never had any kind no, of, like, encounter with him, did you? No, no. I had one encounter with Robin Williams. Um, I took – improv classes uh, at the Upright Citizens Brigade in L.A. Um, and they had on Monday nights or Tuesday nights, some beginning of the week night, um, they had a sort of open mic sort of improv jam kind of thing uh, where anyone could come in and they, you know, in the audience, they could watch and then, you know, they would just play sort of games, kind of like Whose Lines It Anyway type games because those are sort of the easiest things to do on an open mic. And, um, and people could just get up and do a little bit of a scene, and they might get up and do one thing and then just sit and watch for the rest of the night. It was, it was fun. It was cool. Um, and it just so happened that at the same time, Robin Williams was down in L.A. for, you know, like a month or so, uh, shooting a really unfortunate movie with uh, uh, Mandy Moore and I think John Krasinski. John Krasinski. Yeah, where they, he's a priest and he's marrying them. Hmm. Uh, License, License to, wed. to Wed. License to Wed. That's what it was called. I had a friend who was, was working on that movie. movie. No, it's not a very good movie. But he was in town for like a month shooting this movie and uh, he, actually a guy I went to college with who's also doing improv um, and was doing part of a, a troupe at, at UCB, 
um, like saw him at the bar next door, uh, which I think is called Hummingbird. Um, he saw him at the bar and started talking to him and was like, oh yeah, you know, my group's got a improv show later tonight, you should come. And he came and he watched and he had a good time and they were like, oh yeah, we, there's like open mic night thing on Mondays or Tuesdays. And so he started going to open mic to improv jam. Hmm. And uh, it, the first, I was there like going for class and the first like week or two were really, really fun and they were really interesting to watch. Um, and I never got up and did a scene with him. I really, now I, you know, obviously now I, I wish I had, um, but I didn't want to be that guy. And when I say that guy, I mean all of the people that came in the like third, fourth, fifth, sixth week that he was there because word got around that Robin Williams was doing, you know, open improv at UCB and anyone could go. And so it was just like after that, like the place just got mobbed every Tuesday night and it was like people would just line up. So that they could, it was one of those things where it was like, like park bench where it's like there's two people and someone would say something and you tap their shoulder and tag them out so you could like, mm. change the scene. Yeah. And it was just like, everyone would get out like one sentence and then someone would tap them out so that they could say, oh, I did a scene with Robin Williams once, you know? Right. And right. it was like, it was, after a while, it was like, I just felt bad for him. It was awful. Um, hmm. But that's like, that I, that I cannot shake that memory now. Um, but he was, but he would just go for it. I mean, he was just, he was there. He, he you know, it all... No big deal. He was just there. Bring it on. You know, he, he was yeah. up for everything. You yeah. Know? So, um, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's, it's really hard. Uh, and then, you know, we were saying last night, Lauren Bacall died as well, um, which is also really, really unfortunate. And I kind of made a half-hearted joke that she's totally going to get Farrah Fawcett. You know, like Farrah Fawcett died the same day as Michael Jackson. And nobody remembers that. Like, everyone remembers, oh, this is the day Michael Jackson died. Nobody ever remembers that it's also the day Farrah Fawcett died. Um, you know, she's totally going to, her death has totally, you know, been overshadowed. They, you look at the internet, it's like Facebook for two days was nothing but Robin Williams and, and ice bucket dumps for ALS. Uh, yeah. And and almost nothing about Lauren McCall. Um, I remember the same thing happened uh, with Mitch Hedberg. Mitch Hedberg died like the day before, the day after the Pope. <laughs> yeah. So nobody nobody remembers Mitch Hedberg's death. Everybody remembers the Pope died. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's a weird celebrity death thing. Man. <sighs> I mean, it, and somebody somebody I saw on Facebook like made a good point. It was like, yeah, you know what? Tell me, I'll, I'll believe. Post about depression and suicide and stuff uh, on a day not on a day after a celebrity died, and like perhaps I might take your concern to be a little more earnest, a little more genuine. You yeah. Know? Um, but at the same time, you know, it's, if there's any bright side to this, you know, it's people are talking about this now, you know, it's one of those things I can't, for every just sort of like picture of the genie or, you know, oh, Robin Williams, I loved Robin Williams as Mrs. Doubtfire, like where, you know, sort of off the cuff, sort of very surface level post. There's been lots of others that are like, I've been, I've dealt with depression for years you know, I know people who've dealt with depression. Like, if you, you know, if you're ever feeling, de you know, talk to somebody, people come to me, you know, whatever. Um, it feels like there's this sort of genuine outpouring of, of support for um, for people who, who grapple with these issues on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I don't know. I mean, this, this is, now I'm sad. No, <laughs> this, is, this is not a good way to start a podcast. Well... <laughs> What what do you, what else you have for news? Crazy adventure movie. Yeah. Um, the only other thing I want to talk about is uh, on a on a cheer, more cheerful note. Um, you know, lots of 
lots of interesting happenings in the DC comic movie sphere. Oh, they're interesting? They're interesting. Uh, well, Whoa. so since we last spoke, um, uh, DC blinked in their game of release date chicken with Marvel. I'm um, so surprised. Yeah, shocking, I know. Uh, so... Uh, Batman v Superman will not be premiering on the same day as Captain America three. Uh, sh- surprise, surprise! Uh, they've actually moved all. They're moving up to March, um, which look, I mean, March, yeah, March twenty fifth. Um, which just you know what? It's the end of March, which might as well be the beginning of April. This just feels like you know, studios trying to expand the summer movie schedule. You know, because January and February are always a dumping ground of right. like we don't know what to do with these movies, so we dump them all in these five weeks. Um, so this just feels like, can we start the summer any earlier, please? You know, like, if yeah. this does well, I mean, and it'll do well. But when did, because like, Cap 2 was fairly early, wasn't it? Cap 2 was in, it was like mid-April. I mean, it was not quite summer, but it was, yeah, I mean, that it felt like the beginning of the summer season, yeah. basically. Um, but yeah, it was early April. The one that I always remember that I always think of is Matrix, because Matrix came out in like early, mid-April, and that felt like, that was one of the first times where everyone was like, oh man, look, start, summer's starting early this year, like, this yeah. is you know, a huge box office action spectacular and everyone's going bananas for it. So, um, so Batman vs Superman will be happening earlier. There's some spoilers for the movie that have been started floating around this afternoon. Um, I didn't read them cause you know, I would like to just watch that movie and uh, let it happen. But, uh, for those who are interested, you can, you can find it out there. Um, there was an extra who did like 10 days on set and some claims to at least, um, have a handle on what Lex Luthor's master plan is and how Batman Superman It's to, to take over the world. Oh, oh, is that it? Yeah. Oh. I mean, I think it might be. I didn't see that coming. Oh, that's clever. via Facebook. <laughs> He's going to start a revolutionary new social media network um, and be a real dick about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. Wait a minute, I've seen that movie too. Yeah, I know. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, so those things are out there. Um, it seems, I, I kind of caught a couple whiffs of it. It seems to jive with some other things that I've heard, but I'm not, I don't really want to go into it. I want to just, I want to just watch that movie. Well, keep you know. waiting. Um, but the other interesting development is in, uh, com- comes in the form of Aquaman. I, <laughs> okay. I, I know. I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so. Uh, Does anyone give a shit about Aquaman? I, yeah, um, I don't think so. Not really. I mean, um, I don't even know enough about Aquaman. I feel yeah. like he's one of those superheroes who was really a big deal before, and now everyone was like, you're kind of lame. Well, you know, it's interesting. Yeah, he, he's kind of become, like, the dumping ground for for DC. Everybody just... He's the guy everybody rags on now. Um, Zack Snyder even, like, called into a radio station a couple days ago to, like, defend Aquaman, and then tried to be, like, clever about it and be like, well, I'm not saying he's in my movie, I'm just saying Aquaman's not as lame as everybody says. What does he do? Does he just breathe underwater and control well, the fishies? Well, he's like the Prince of Atlantis. Uh, okay. Like he lives well, I'm in the under- Prince of Darkness. <laughs> That's better. What What does he do as the Prince of Atlantis? Well, and he, what happened to his dad? He can communicate with uh, with the underwater creatures. So uh, he's... He talks to fish. Yes, he talks so, to fish. So he's Dr. C. Little. Dr. C. Little. Yes, I can, I can go with that. Um, he also, uh, there's, so there, there may or may not be an element of magic to him as well. Cause, uh, Snyder even, he said on the radio something about like, oh, cause he has a, a trident. That's like his, one of his weapons. He has like a trident and he's saying, oh, trident, his, his trident could, 
you know, could cut Superman's flesh. Like, that's how powerful it is. Um, which I think means that his trident is magical. Because that's, aside from uh, Kryptonite, Superman's big weakness is magic. He, like, magic fucks him up, like, seven ways from Sunday. Uh, oh. Whenever there's, like, a magic character, they always can like, get one over on him. Oh. Um, which could be interesting. That could be, like, how they introduce magic into the DC universe is in the form of Aquaman. Because we were talking about how Marvel's going to do that, too. Like, right. Stephen Strange feels like their entrance into the magical realm uh, of, of Marvel. So, you know, the, uh, DC could do it through Aquaman, which would be which Unless would be they just retcon him. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I'm still hoping we're going to get the version of Aquaman that has, like, a harpoon hook for a hand. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'd be really excited if it did. Um, he knows what you did last summer. Uh, yeah. Uh, so Jason Momoa, who's on uh, Game of Thrones, he was called Drogo on Game of Thrones, uh, he's going to be playing Aquaman, um, and there are, uh, Warner Brothers has actually commissioned two different writers uh, to develop scripts at the same time. It's like a, it's like a little contest. That's actually not a bad idea, because there's so many ways you could fuck this up. Well, they do this all the time. I can time. think of the best way for them to fuck it up is to take bits of one script and bits of the other script and cobble together a mess that doesn't work. Well, yeah, I mean, there are, there are some weird, like, WGA issues to that. Like, you know, if they do something like that, they have to pay both writers, essentially, like, more money. If they can prove that, like, well, I wrote this bit and it's in the movie, like, then you have to give them credit and stuff like that. Whereas they can be like, oh, we commissioned drafts from these two guys, and then we picked one and not the other so mm. one guy we mm-hmm. pay as a writer and the other guy we just pay for having developed a draft well basically. that's better in my well book. and they do that shit all the time they just don't make a fucking big deal about it i think hollywood reporter or variety one of the two i think it's hollywood reporter broke the story today yeah. and it's like oh no they've contracted two different writers uh one of whom is will beal who wrote uh gangster squad and he wrote an earlier draft for justice league as well that got scrapped at some point before snyder came on board um and this other guy kurt hmm. johnstad who wrote the 300 sequel uh, which we didn't see. Um, we need to probably do that. We probably point. should. I heard it was good. I heard it was good. Yeah, yeah. I'll give it a shot. All right. Uh, Gangster Squad is, you know, it's got problems, but it's not awful. Mm. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. But yeah, it's it's a weird it's a weird process that they've they jumped into. I'm I'm just I have problems with DC right now. I'm just not I'm not excited about DC anymore. Yeah. And you know why? I figured out why. It's because DC forgot how to have fun. Yeah. It's all serious. The Snyderverse is very dire, like dour yeah. and gray. That's a fair criticism. It's just no fun. Yeah. Like, DC could never have... Just talking just, raccoon. They, they could never have the talking they, raccoon they could, and the dancing they, tree. They, no, they could never have that. They, they, but not even they that. They would feel totally out of place in the DC universe. It, it would, and, but, even, but even more than that, I mean, even just pithy dialogue that you get yeah. from Joss Whedon. Sure. Basically. You just can't... It can't exist you have to have russell crowe as like the neck yeah. like the necronomicon version of <laughs> russell crowe running around it's just not it's not fun i mean i appreciate i guess that they're not that they're really trying to distance themselves from marvel that they're not trying to just be like look we're copying marvel and i mean they're really you Fine. gotta give them credit that at least like you know on no level are they trying to do that but at the same time like marvel's Marvel structure has been so successful that you kind of go, like, yeah, but maybe you should try it. Maybe you should copy that a little. little, just a little. Well, they just don't. I mean, they they don't have any fun properties out there in the world right now. And I, I well, mean, they I, could. They're just not developing any of them. Like I want to see like Elastic Man. That, that's what I'm saying. Is like they they have them, but they don't have them out there. Plastic Man, not Elastic Man. Plastic Man. It's I want to see same. Plastic Man. 
I, I just well go watch Pin. <laughs> That's Pin, a plastic, a plastic nightmare. nightmare. Google yes, that. Google, Google that and see it. Google that. You're welcome. Uh, yeah. I mean, look, I don't, I don't know, and I don't think there's people really clamoring for an Aquaman movie. Like I said, I mean, he's been he's been the punching bag of DC for for years now. Um, not to say you can't make a good Aquaman movie, but they won't. I mean, I mean, I feel, look, we're gonna get. I think we're probably more likely to get uh, Wonder Woman and and Batman before we get Aquaman at this point. Right. I mean, I mean they're all going to appear in this movie. I, my understanding is Aquaman's bit is very brief uh, in Batman v Superman. I think it's pretty much just at the beginning, uh, and it sounds like uh, the you know the consensus seems to be that his sort of entrance point is you remember at the end of man of steel there's the uh the world engine the big thing in the indian ocean that superman has to go beat up like there's the machine over metropolis yeah, yeah, and there's the other yeah, one on the other side of the right. planet uh that basically the world engine like fucked up the ocean fucked up atlantis and so uh, aquaman has to like pop his head out and be like what the fuck everybody what'd you what what'd you do what'd you what'd you do really so i don't know i mean it, We'll see. I feel like he's going to get like two scenes and be done. So, you know what property they're wasting? Well, I don't know they're wasting because I haven't been watching this. But it, the, I mean, does the Flash show exist already? It's starting in the fall. Oh, it hasn't started yet. No, it hasn't started. It starts in the fall. Uh, but, they did sort of back some backdoor pilot stuff in Green in the Arrow show. Which all right. Well, is here, okay. well, here's my question. So, is I don't know the answer to this question. Um, well, if I did, I wouldn't be asking it. I could forget all of that. Well, well done. Thanks. Is the Flash show the same universe definitively? No, in fact, uh, DC seems to be going to some very dis- like extreme efforts to keep their TV universe and their movie universe very separate. See, I don't know if that's a great idea or a stupid idea because I feel like the Flash is a character who can be kind of fun. Oh yeah, I no, mean, I, I mean, I hear the pilot's really good. I, we've seen that guy appear as Barry Allen on Arrow. He was good. We we enjoyed him. Yeah. Um. But yeah. It, it, I mean, because the Flash has always been kind of snappy and oh yeah, and you know, sarcastic. Absolutely. And, no, he's certainly a more uh, lighthearted. Yeah. I mean, Arrow's pretty fucking dark too. Arrow definitely takes a page out of the dark. Night yeah. Night I mean, book. you you need a little bit of levity. You can have mm-hmm. your serious ones, but absolutely. Ugh. No, I mean. On some level, I actually kind of enjoy keeping the TV and the movie universe separate. It's fine. Um, I'm just saying, inject some levity into the Snyderverse. No, sure. Uh, I mean, I, I, I think it's it actually... so depressing. I think keeping the two worlds uh, distinct actually means that you can do some interesting stuff. You know? Like, I'm certainly excited to see, you know, I think Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. has been, you know, a tepid success at best. It was certainly much better in the second half of the season, uh, but it's still not quite there yet. Um, mm. Although they did introduce Patton Oswalt as a recurring character, so that's fantastic. Mm. Um, but you know, I, I and they've got all these shows coming to Netflix too. They've got Daredevil and uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and Iron Fist. I think. Well, you have um, Luke Cage. You got to have Iron Fist. Yeah, um, and so they, you know, I'm certainly curious to see how those pieces all kind of come together and whether we'll see Daredevil show up. For a cameo in a movie at some point like that's those are very in- intriguing possibilities but at the same time i kind of like being able to say no no no. well we've got these you know big screen movie versions of batman and superman and then we're going to do some other stuff with those characters we're going to like present them in different ways we're going to do different think, takes on them i don't think they're going to though well i mean i think i i think we will see a flash in a justice league movie and i don't think he's going to be 
like a CW guy. I mean, like he's certainly not going to be the guy from the CW, but I also don't think he's going to be like, I think they're going to go, they'll go a little older. They'll go with like an actual like name. They'll go with a big movie star. It's not going to be like this sort of twenties angsty, you know, whatever. Like they're, you know, they, they can approach the characters from really different angles. Like I think a great example is Gotham. Uh, this Gotham show that they have coming to that Fox. That show is you going know? to fail. It's going They've to already, fail. It, it might. They've already ordered a full season, though. They're going to go through an entire season of that show, you know, by hook or by crook. Well, so. they might. That doesn't mean anyone <laughs> else is going to go is, with yeah. them. Uh, but, yeah, no. I mean, Do but, you really want to watch a version of Gotham City that doesn't have Batman in it? Uh, well, I really? don't know. Do you really want to watch that? I, What's the draw? I could be. I could be down for, like, Jim Gordon, badass cop. That could be fun. Yeah, but that's... Barely, that's not anything. That's, yeah, I mean, it's just, I that's just another that's cop, just a show. cop show. Yeah, that's look. That's my fear. My fear is. And that I mean, it like, and out... it's like, and if they go and try to introduce Batman villains, yeah, like Baby Catwoman, uh, well, yeah, <clears throat> which is gonna happen, yeah, and Baby Penguin, mm-hmm. it's just like, what the Gotham babies? Oh Christ! You're welcome. I guess that was right. Though. Yeah, you just you teed me up. I had to go for it. Uh, yeah, no, the. <laughs> I mean, yeah, well, my fear is that it turns out like elementary and it's just a CBS crime. You know, elementary is a CBS crime procedural with the names of the people. main character happens to be named Sherlock Holmes, essentially. Uh, so, yeah, that I mean, I guess I'm afraid of that, that it just turns into like an organized crime cop drama, like by the numbers in which the main which, character happens to be named Jim Gordon. Yeah, I mean, like, wh- what's the point? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. I heard that that pilot was OK. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm gonna certainly gonna give them both a chance. I'll tell you what, you, you let me know. I will. I mean, for me, just offhand, way more likely to watch The Flash than that. Yeah, no, totally. But we also, you know, we, you know, I think Arrow's getting. I mean, it's pretty good and it's getting better. Um, I re- we really liked Smallville, and I like when it aired. I didn't like Smallville. I think the first season's kind of garbage. Uh, what but about Lois and Clark? Well, look, Lois and Clark is. I have, I'd be curious to revisit some of that because I remember watching that a lot when I was a kid because I really liked Superman and it was a Superman show that was on. But like, kind I of feel like that stuff probably doesn't that show probably does not hold up well at all. Uh, that's that that's what I suspect at least. I would be curious to give it a go. I remember there was an episode where they like met H.G. Wells. I'm sorry. <laughs> what? what? Yes, they met H.G. Wells like of the Time Machine. You you should probably marathon that with the next gen where they meet Samuel Clemens. Oh, I watched that one recently. That one actually, that one holds up decently because Samuel Clemens is a supporting character. He's like, yeah. he's got like six scenes, and that's about it. He mostly just yells at Whoopi Goldberg. Have you have you seen that cre that creepy as hell claymation Mark Twain thing? Have you heard seen this thing? No, it's so creepy. Yeah. All right. Anyway, we'll, we'll see. We'll we'll see how that goes. Uh, I think I think it's I think it's Expendables o'clock. Jamie, let's fold you back into the conversation. I figured you'd have things to say about, Jamie about DC and stuff. Remember how I usually leave the podcast when we do the news parts? Yeah, but I thought, you know, I figured you'd have, you know, Robin Williams things. And, I, you know, I thought I was, I was trying to be inclusive. All I'm saying is I'm super happy that Ian just nominated you for the Ice Bucket Challenge. Yeah, Colin nominated me like a week ago. I'm not fucking doing it. 
I think you should. Well, I'm not gonna. Maybe, maybe I'm going to Chicago this weekend for Noteworthy Reunion. Maybe we'll get all of Noteworthy to do it at once. The Patriots did it all together as a team with Bob Kraft and Bill Belichick as well. I mean, I have my own thoughts about the ice bucket challenge in general. I just think you should pour water on your head. Uh, Thank you. That's always something you want to hear from your wife. All right. So let's talk about aging action stars. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so to to clear the board here, uh, Expendables 3. Now, I, unfortunately, have seen all of the Expendables movies, uh, and neither of you have seen any of them correct that's because we correct. had you to guinea pig for us that's true now the first one i saw i didn't see any of this is the first one i've seen in theaters i oh well i i did see so i tried a while back to stream i because you know it's been yeah. out there for a while and it's Why got not? all these people yeah. in it i was like i'll give it a shot and i was sitting at home and i tried to stream the first one on netflix yeah and i literally got six or seven minutes in and i just I gave yeah, up. Yeah, because they're boring, I was right? like, I just don't even give a shit. They're there's there's the old, uh, like, like, I got through the, oh, there's that guy. Oh, there's that guy. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's that guy. And Dolph Lundgren. <laughs> and and I'm done. And I was like, eh, eh, all right. Yeah, no, I mean, and that's that's been the curse of the first the first two movies. Like, the first one I saw a long time ago, the second one I watched, saw recently uh, as part of my year of movie watching, and I watched it again today uh, in preparation. Um, but, yeah, no, they're just first two movies are just fucking dull i mean like on paper they sound they they should be fucking amazing right you look at all the people involved and it's like oh no this is like late stage stallone action movie like he he gets his appeal he he understands what he's trying to do here he's let's just bring in everyone who's a cool fun name give them some some fun shit to do we'll blow some stuff up we'll have guys punch each other it'll be great and yet for some reason they just the first two just never goddamn come together they are a chore to watch um it's 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 really frustrating uh and i especially like i was struck by it again watching it today where it's just like you just zone out after like five minutes of any given stretch but thankfully we are not talking about those movies we're talking about this movie which i thought was really fucking fun i enjoyed this it this movie seemed like it finally struck the right chord it's like they, it took them three movies but they finally figured out what they were trying to do i not having seen the first two offhand i will agree with you yeah i think they need to work on the, how they shoot these things yeah it's not a home run by any stretch of the imagination by comparison it's like fucking mozart it's amazing uh but it, that's mostly just because and again like the action you're right the action isn't much better um it's still a lot of like at the end of the day, it's still sixty-year-old guys punching each other. Right. You know, it's too also close. Just very muddled. There were many yeah. scenes where I was like, "Who's hitting whom?" <laughs> yeah, it's just who a lot is, of guys in black. Who is a bad guy and who is a good guy? And what I also wondered was like, how does anyone on the screen know who is a bad guy and a good guy? Like when <laughs> like Dolph, the characters, yeah, you mean? like when Dolph Lundgren takes over the tank. How does Harrison Ford? way up in the helicopter know that he Which shouldn't the shoot that tank? tank. Yeah, yeah like, they're not communicating. Well, presumably the tank shooting the other tanks. I guess, but then, like, Kellen Lutz, can someone please explain to me why Kellen Lutz got on that motorcycle other than that because so they he's could... Because extreme, Other man. than that so he could eventually, oh like, go vaulting over the tank <laughs> and, like, then shoot a guy and save Stallone. But before that, he was just riding around on the bike aimlessly 
for a really long time. And he didn't some guys. Not many. And he didn't really have to get on the bike to begin with, other than the fact that he had a motorcycle in the first act. Exactly. So I guess you've got to see him so on you've a gotta, motorcycle. So he's got to have badass motorcycle again, skills. he is now just a guy in black on a motorcycle. How do they not shoot him? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, look, that's a, that's a fair point. But he is pretty fucking extreme, though. He's pretty fucking extreme. Man, I got nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't. Um, I was really happy... Uh, at the beginning, or I got really nervous at the beginning. Uh, I got really nervous at the beginning. Did it take you a second to recognize Wesley Snipes? I forgot Wesley Snipes was in the movie. To be honest with you, um, I forgot Mel Gibson was in the movie. I I, I never knew I never knew who's in what movies. I just assumed that all like all the action stars that I can think of. Yeah, I just assume they're in this. Since movie. Since you never saw it, was it also super fun to you to try to figure out who was in the previous ones and who wasn't based <laughs> yes! on dialogue? Yes, yeah, that's, that's exactly. Game. They'd be like. Well, he's been in prison for eight years, and he went, you know, he committed this crime or whatever. I was like, huh. I was like, I was like, like did that happen in between Expendable I, movies? I was like, that probably in happened ones? in the first one. Was it before the Expendables? <laughs> and then when they're like, Mel Gibson helped found the Expendables, and then he went rogue. I was like, hmm, probably before any of the Expendable movies yeah. then. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> well, and that's actually one of the things I liked about this movie, that it actually felt... You know, I appreciated they were bringing a sense of history to the experiment. Oh, my God, except Mel Gibson was walking exposition. Well, yeah. His oh, first my God. Two se- like, two major scenes were just, like, massive monologues of stuff. Like, yeah, the- let me tell you what happened when we first found in the Expendables. And then he did. I was like, oh, my God, stop. Yeah, but he's, like, he's going for it, though. That scene in the Jeep where he's, where he, or the van where he's got his hands tied. Uh, yeah, he is just, like, delivering know, backstory. His history, it's creepy. Well, yeah, no, that's why I love him that he's the villain. You wouldn't, you couldn't buy him as, as a good like, guy here. Manic and weird and creepy. I'm like too close to home. Mel makes me wonder things about you. No, that's, that's why I love it. Let me tell great. you a story about Jesus Christ and some and native then they were like, peoples. We're gonna take you to the Hague, and I was like, Oh God! Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I like, no, I am it's like, no, Gibson's gonna go to the Hague. That's amazing, right? <sighs> um, speaking of racism. Uh, you said Wesley Snipes. I, yeah, I had forgotten Wesley Snipes was in the movie at all uh, until he showed up in the beginning. And I, I got nervous at the beginning because that setup of like, oh, there's a guy who's a prisoner and we're going to break this guy out of prison. That's the exact same as the cold open from the second one, uh, except that Schwarzenegger is the guy who's being held prisoner and they're breaking Schwarzenegger out. Oh. Um, and so... And it's like, and he's got like a mask over his face. So you, it's like some guy's being held prisoner and you don't know who it is until they bust in and open up the door and there he is. Um, so I was like, oh God, it's the same fucking movie. Are you kidding me? Uh, they but just put it, the wrong reel on. They just Google searched yeah, the Expendables right? yeah, exactly. and just played what they already had. But then Wesley Snipes opened his mouth. Oh my God. The world became a better place. Holy fuck. Wesley Snipes is amazing in this movie every single line that he has yeah, he doesn't have a is funny he doesn't have a flat line in the whole goddamn movie he's just pure uncut entertainment start to finish he he plays this movie like a man who has nothing to lose <laughs> because he literally doesn't the government took all of his money yeah. you know why tax evasion <laughs> <laughs> and here's the thing i'll say the one of the other things this movie is much better at um the other, the, especially the second one, the second one is just like, like, oh my god, it dro- drives me nuts watching it. It's just, every character 
trying to find some excuse to like shoehorn in a trademark catchphrase from a previous franchise they had like yeah schwarzenegger says i'll be back like four times in that movie and like three of them are within like one half hour time span though he had a couple in this no he doesn't get to the chopper i was gonna say i didn't know they had done that in the previous movies but i like the get to the chopper thing was funny the first time and then when they did it a second time i was like really like you can't go to that well twice yeah do it once you get the laugh and then you stop so like that and the tax evasion joke i was just like oh come on yeah, but I feel I, I was okay because that was all it was. You're right. They should have only done the chopper joke once, but it was like the tax evasion thing and the chopper thing, and like that was it. Yeah. So I was like, okay, that's that's fine. I'm a little better with that. Um, like the uh, Harrison Ford didn't have a stupid line like that. Kelsey Grammer didn't have a stupid line like that. Antonio Banderas didn't like. Well, Antonio Banderas only and had he, stupid lines. Uh, <laughs> like, no, every line he has is awesome. He's amazing. He's the best. And this is like a pure star power. I like, want him to be in all the movies now. I didn't even know I loved Antonio Banderas. It turns out I love Antonio <laughs> Banderas. Well, yeah, no. Amazing. And that's one of those characters that, like, on paper and, like, really in the hands of that's almost anyone thinking. else. I want to know so what annoying. it said. I want to know what it said. Like, when he's doing his little, like, yes, I'm so excited. Like, yeah. jump. I want to know, like, what it said in the script versus what was director given versus what was just him. I yeah. really want to know how that incredible. character like, was constructed. He's playing the whole movie like he's one of the spy kids. It's amazing. It's so Which good. Which is oddly fitting. Yeah. No, and that's like, like on paper that character should be super annoying. He was annoying. Yeah. But he's like he's but annoying but like in an entertaining way. You're like, oh, he's anno- yeah. You're like, oh, he's annoying to those other characters, but like his shtick plays in the movie like to the audience. I think any other actor in that what that character would have worn so thin so fast. But Banderas just yeah. can't not be likable. He's just incredible. Yeah. When he just like stands there with his fucking hands on his waist like like a petulant Howie. child, it's amazing. <laughs> Looking oh like God. Looking at the camera. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's the camera. Right at the camera. <laughs> incredible. Fucking incredible. Um and that's really like the biggest thing about this movie is that it's not even a matter of they got better names that they got like better cameos it's just that they actually used them all well and that everybody in it actually is like on like fully on board with this movie or has nothing to say like Dolph Lundgren well yeah but Dolph Lundgren's been in all of them he's just sort of a guy his he got his big moment to shine in the first one where he's like on the team and he betrays them and then he like you know comes back and helps him out at the end and he stays on the team like the first movie is where like Dolph Lundgren gets to do stuff gets basically to, gets to act. He, yeah exactly he's the yeah yeah this one is uh where you know, the last two he's just sort of he's a guy on the team and right he well says, this one too the second one they go on this whole thing where he's like a chemical engineer and he Dolph Lundgren yeah he's supposed to be like an MIT dropout or something like that no. <laughs> which is just great i mean yeah. it's just you can't buy that kind of amazingness that's great no, no. i couldn't um, tell if the people in our audience like if they were just actually very excited about every individual person or if they somehow knew even less about this movie than Bart and I did because Mm. they seemed like genuinely surprised at every single person who came on screen and I was very confused. I was like, like... you seemed excited about this movie. Did you not see a trailer? Yeah, and it seems like it's impossible to be aware of these movies and not know everyone who's in them. Like, I was aware that Mel Gibson and, and Wesley Snipes and those guys were all in it even though, like, 
I hadn't watched the trailer in a while, so I had kind of forgotten. I was like, oh yeah, they are in this movie. I forgot about that. They seemed super excited to see Harrison Ford in his like, flight uniform, which was confusing to me just because I was like, his one scene in the trailer is him flying the helicopter. Yeah. And it's also, I was thinking about it too, because it's not like... I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not like Harrison Ford has a really famous movie where he's a fighter pilot. Like, if it was Tom Cruise, I that would be one I think that's thing. called Star Wars. Well, yeah, no, but he's not like... <laughs> but him, seeing him in a military uniform no. is not like a callback to some he's other flying. character. Yeah, I mean, no. you could see I mean, people so... might be excited to see him fly. I was excited to see him in a movie giving a shit about being in a movie. Like, that first scene... I'm not 100% sure if he did. Well, it's not even that... I was thinking that the whole time, because I know you and I both had that same remark about 42. That yeah. That's what... He really seems invested in that character. Yeah. Um, and then I read somewhere, and I don't know if this is true, but apparently he was filming some documentary, and he only agreed to do Expendables because he could... It was, like, on the way. Like, literally, <laughs> like, literally the filming location yeah. was on the way. Bulgaria I don't know if that's way. true or not, yeah. but apparently. So I was like, yeah. well, okay. Was so it he Bulgaria? Was invested. Was it Bulgaria or was it Asmanistan? Asmanistan. This movie has a finale that takes place in a country called Asmanistan, which is pretty... Later they try to, like, run up, like, oh, we're in Ismanistan. Like, no, you no, said Asmanistan. No, Harrison there. Ford. You are a liar, sir. <laughs> the Bulgaria thing is... Asmanistan thing is... Uh, that's another... That's a big problem with these movies in general is... Uh, they all take place. They all get shot in these like Eastern European countries where they they get a big tax break to bring a bunch of movie stars and blow some shit up in yeah. an abandoned fucking town somewhere. And uh, it always looks super fucking cheap. It always is just like, oh yeah, they you had got... some great cheap moments in oh, this one. Yeah, the no. green, the terrible green screen when they oh, were driving. Yeah, with him and Kelsey Grammer. That yeah, that that hurt to watch. Speaking of, yes, is there something in Kelsey Grammer's that I am unaware of that would lead to his inclusion in this movie because I do not think of him as one of the like old guard action hero standards and so I was and then again people got really excited when he came on screen and I I was like Kelsey Grammer? Well, that's why I got really? excited when he showed up. I got excited when he showed up because he isn't. He's Kelsey freaking... He's Fraser Crane. Yeah. He's Fraser Crane. No, he is well, kind yeah, of an outlier so here. So how did that happen? It's hilarious. Yeah, I don't know. I don't... I, don't, I mean, yeah. It is, you're right. He's He he does feel like the odd man out in a I certain degree. I get it. He's great, though. I love the idea of him being like a black market talent scout. Yeah. Where he just sort of knows... Knows where all the guys are. These guys, no, fuck these guys. These guys are pussies, and they fucking go out yeah. of the street, the the Vegas underground parking garage fight club. Uh, no, is he... here's my other, another question I have about this movie. What does he know about all these people? Because what we see them do when he's like, "Oh yeah, you want this guy," is usually just a lot of like hitting and fighting and base jumping and like, "Oh, this guy used to be a former soldier. This guy has computer skills." I'm like. Those are all fine qualities, but what you appear to want are, like, black ops super spy assassins, and that's not what any of these people appear to be. But they're fucking extreme, man. <laughs> I guess Did you so. see that guy jump off that thing? And then he had that parachute? He that flew was, around? That, that parachute looked like, like, no, looked was, like shit, that man. That was also unfortunate. That was like, Kellen Lutz is a former soldier who... Who loses who fights for money. Yeah. Matches, yeah. So I'm just like, what in that portfolio tells you 
that he can be your super spy black ops guy. What it means is that he's actually expendable. <laughs> okay, and that's another thing. I don't think they know what the word expendable means. <laughs> you really keep don't. using that word. Exactly, because at one point, especially Mel Gibson, when he's going off about like how all the old members of the Expendables died, he's like, oh yeah, they met some fatal in- injuries. Deletables, that's what they should be called. And I was like, Mel Gibson, what do you think Expendables means? <laughs> like, I don't think you're clear on the concept of Expendables. <laughs> also, if I were in the Expendables and going on my Super Spy Black Ops mission, I would not have my same symbol that's tattooed on me painted on the outside of my plane that's yeah. just a suggestion and then all these and then all these other guys have yeah and i feel like i feel like having the logo i mean i the the, the crow on the skull all right I, that's fine why would you fucking write expendables under it yeah and that seems like a, it might be a bridge too far i was i'll tell you what that was actually one of my biggest disappointments um is you know so one of the best the, the best thing in the first movie is mickey rourke mickey rourke is in the first movie, he doesn't fight anyone. He's just, like, friends with everybody on the team. And he's the tattoo artist. He's the guy who gives everybody tattoos. Oh. And he has this one scene. It is fucking transcendent. It's just Mickey Rourke in a dark room with a blue light bulb. And he's he's drawing tattoos. And he's just soliloquizing about this woman in korea or vietnam or saigon and like she was on a bridge and the bridge blew up and she killed herself and he didn't save her and he could have saved her and he's crying and it's in goddamn credible he is acting his face off in that scene and it's the best thing in the whole goddamn movie and he's never comes back and he's not in the second one, which, you know, the movie is poorer for it. And I was really, really hoping when they made such a big deal about the tattoos in this movie. That he'd make a cameo. And, yeah, and all the new kids were like, I was like, this movie's going to end with all the young kids getting Expendables tattoos. Like, could we please get a Mickey Rourke cameo at the end of him inking up all the young kids' arms? And I mean, oh God, I was, I was so, I was so depressed by that. You know what my biggest surprise was from this whole movie? Hmm. Was it Sylvester Stallone's penchant for Native American clothing? (laughs) Because that shit was incredible. That was just that one time. Uh, (laughs) No, he's got it twice. When he there were two. No, he's got that. He's got that crazy jacket when the guy is is uh, is climbing the cliff, and then he's got like a shirt with just like the the Indian patchwork on the top. Like like he meets Kellen Lutz. He's got like patches on the top. It's incredible. He looks like he's shopping at a thrift store in New Mexico. 1993. It's fucking fantastic. Which is probably a description of Urban Outfitters. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. Um, also, oh my god, so much stock footage in this movie. There was a lot of so much shitty like, B-roll. Yeah, ten year old shot like, with a crappy digital. Like, I don't even think that's mini DV. Like <laughs> shot in fucking high eight. Yeah. Oh. Uh, no, my my reestablishing shot is just like yeah. Yeah, no, my my biggest surprise in this movie was that they actually call themselves the Expendables. I thought it was supposed to be an ironic title, not like the name of the team. Oh no, no, they're very straightforward about that shit. Yeah, but I, I like the idea of the Expendables having history. We I, I, we started to talk about this earlier. Um, of like that's something that feels that's actually new to this installment that I actually kind of dig this idea of like. 
you know, that there were previous Expendables before this. That, you know, that maybe, you know, Stallone and uh, Gibson started it when they were still kind of young guys. Can you picture Mel Gibson and Sylvester Stallone as younger men doing anything together? I know. Well, I keep picturing uh, Mullet Gibson. Yeah, no, so do I. (laughs) Uh, It would be Mullet Gibson. I know, right? Um, It's like Tango and Cash, but different. Um, very different, dude. I will. I kind of expect that if the if a fourth one actually happens, it will get Kurt Russell. Kurt Russell feels like a nat. He's going to be in Fast He's, and he, Furious. He should be a villain. Definitely better than than Kelsey Grammer. Uh, we already got Jean Claude Van Damme was in the second one. He was the villain in the second one. He was a villain named Villain, which is hilarious. It's just a misspelling Sit- of villain. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. But he's he's great because he literally uh, karate kicks a knife into uh, Liam Hemsworth's chest. Hmm. It's incredible. <laughs> like somebody, Scott Atkins holds a knife out in front of Liam Hemsworth's chest, and he does like a full roundhouse kick and kicks the knife to stab him in the chest. Well, that's <laughs> amazing. Well, that's a thing that happened. <laughs> you know what I was thinking during part of this movie? At one point, someone shoots a cargo container with a bazooka. Mm-hmm. And it moves a little. As opposed As to when, when a Ninja, Ninja Turtles, Turtles kick it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> flies, flies out into New York Harbor. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, yeah, no, there's... Uh, uh, this movie... I mean, these whole for this whole franchise is like... You know, like I said, there's all these things about it that just don't quite land properly. Like, everybody has, like, a cool-ass fucking name, nickname. And I can never uh, remember... Kellen Lutz's name is Smiley. That's true. That is not cool. No, no, do you, but he but he has a really cool reason why. Did you, did you catch that? Probably not. He's Smiley. His name is Smiley because he's a boxer and he's got the most teeth in the business. He's a really good boxer. He never gets his teeth knocked out. That's why his name is Smiley. Because he throws the fights. He just lays on the ground with his arms over his head. That is also true. So, not cool. <laughs> that does undermine the point a little bit, I suppose, yeah. Um, Statham's name is Roy Christmas, I believe. His oh, last name is Christmas. Like Lee Christmas. Lee Christmas, that's what it is. Oh, his, Lee na- Christmas. his name is actually Christmas? His name Christmas? is Lee Christmas. Uh, uh, I can't believe they made that joke. Oh, yeah, I know, right? Um uh, better or worse than the Christmas only comes once, once a year, year. Oh, joke. No, way better. Exactly <laughs> the same. Yeah. What are you talking about? Well, but think of half the people in this movie. Like I ha- partway through again because I've never seen any any of them. They kept talking about this guy Church who was gone, and so I was like, "Who's Church?" And Daly was like, "Oh, that's Bruce Willis. He's not in this." And I was like, "Oh, okay, cool." So then later, you, you're missing nothing. He is not. No, but so movies. then later, the I could have sworn that that Sylvester Stallone asked somebody else, "Oh, you're working for Church now." Meaning Arnold Schwarzenegger, and I leaned over to Daly. I was like, I thought you said Church was Bruce Willis. And he was like, no, Trench. He has Church and Trench. I was like, really? You named two characters, Trench and Church, and thought Sylvester Stallone could differentiate between those two names? <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, for Church now. Like, there's no difference in these two names for Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Um, Terry Crews, his character, the guy who gets <laughs> shot and is out for most of the movie, they call him Caesar. His actual name is Hail Caesar. No. I oh, swear I to God. Them shout Hail Caesar. His name but is Hail know. Caesar. And Randy Couture, the guy with the cauliflower ear, his name is Toll Road. Oh, I saw that which in the Which doesn't credits. make any fucking sense. Well, That's like trying so hard to sound badass and well, yet failing on every level. Well, to be fair, Randy Couture is not an actor. No, no. I mean, he's has not. he been in any movies besides these? No. I not love really. that they. Not, I, not as himself. I mean, he's. He's Randy Couture. Yeah. 
Yeah, he, they, I mean, look, they don't give much to do. They they understand his limitations. He can punch guys. That's about that's about what he can well, do. Well, I mean, back in the day, he was a pretty solid MMA fighter. Yeah, exactly. I like that they seem to be going, like, uh, Ronda Rousey, I think is her name. Yeah. She's the chick. She's an MMA fighter. Oh, I she's could great. tell. Yeah, yeah, I've, yeah. Never, I've never seen her face before. Never heard her name. She's a god-awful actress. Well, she's a terrible too. actress. Yep. And Her she's freaking built like crazy. Yeah. I was like, yeah. and she's and she's constantly flipping and she's around constantly guys. Constantly yeah. night widowing everybody. Yeah, Gina Carano is the same Black way. Black widowing. It's like, yeah, no, but, Gina Carano. Gina Carano is the same way. It's like you see her in a movie, and you're like, oh, you do MMA. Awesome. Okay. Cool. Now I know why you're in this movie. Such an infuriating introduction. Oh, her like, yeah, I agree. I had that same thought. They're like, oh, she's not the hostess. She's the bouncer. If she's a bouncer, why the fuck is she wearing a miniskirt exactly. and nine-inch yeah. heels? Not just a miniskirt. She is wearing a dress that is so short she probably can't even sit down in it. Like, when she walked away from the fight, the camera was angled just low enough that I was afraid she was about to flash the camera. Like, her dress skirt was so short, the front is cut, like, all the way down the front. Like, very cleavage-revealing. Yeah. And it had no back, and she's wearing six-inch heels. I was like... If you are a bouncer at the kind of club where you apparently get into enough, like, actual, like, bust-up physical fights that you're known for it, that is not what you would wear to work. No, I mean, she broke a bottle on a guy's head. Yeah, I also had that thought. I was like, bouncers, bouncers don't do, do that. that. Nope, nope. That is not allowed. Well, I don't think bouncers Dalton are also allowed to beat the crap out of you. Like, yeah. I don't think that that's what happens yeah, either. Be nice. Take uh-huh. it outside. Patrick Swayze would not approve of her bouncing methods. Oh, but yeah, man. no, I was He'd very be great annoyed in these by her. Movies. I know, right? Ghost of Patrick Swayze. So, like, we've been denied Swayze in these movies. Swayze would be such a natural fit for these movies. It's so sad he's not around anymore. Mm. Um, yeah, no, there's, you know, this. Like I said, this movie is a is a distinct improvement. Um, you know, that it, it found the fun. The other movies are not fun in any way. Like, I was laughing through this whole movie, and I wasn't laughing at the movie. Like, this movie knew... Sometimes. Sometimes. There were a few. Sometimes we were. There were a few. But, like, this movie knows... It has personality. Like, it knows what it's doing, and it knows when it's telling a joke. Were were the other ones story by Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. They were. They all were? Yeah, they all... He he has, like, story or screenplay credits on all of them, and he actually directed the first one. Hmm. um, Which is the worst one, sadly. (laughs) Oh, well... Um, yeah, the first one, the first one is like, it's like a slog. It is like dull and serious and it is like no fun at all. The second one is almost fun because Schwarzenegger's being completely absurd and... He's always completely absurd these I know, days. but he, they, they gave him, he's a lot more tempered in this. He doesn't have a lot, he's mostly just sitting in a helicopter or like driving a plane or something. Or like, shouting, Choppa! The second one, he and Bruce Willis are driving around in a tiny smart car, like shooting people, while he just keeps going, I'll be back! Like, over <laughs> and over again. <laughs> um, meanwhile, uh, 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 Chuck Norris shows up in the second one, like, and he's, it's... It's really depressing. It's super depressing because he's clearly too old to actually do anything in these movies. So he shows up. His introduction is literally the Expendables are all like pinned down or like ambushed on a street, and all of us there's like twenty guys around. And then all of a sudden, like gunfire erupts at, from out of nowhere, and like, all the guys just like fall down dead. And then Chuck Norris comes walking down the street like, yeah, I killed all those guys. If you didn't see me do any of it, I was off in the shadows somewhere. Hmm. And then he, like, 
has half a scene and then wanders away. And then he shows up again at the end for the big shootout at the end. And again, the whole thing is him him shooting guys who are off screen somewhere else. Oh. It's like a shot of Chuck Norris shooting and then a shot of another guy miles away falling down dead. It's like, oh, oh Chuck Norris, you like it's funny to you you're a funny name to put in these movies, but you are like seventy five years old and you can't actually kick anyone in the face anymore. Jean Claude yeah. Van Damme, like he fucking goes for it and he beats the shit out of Stallone and it's really fun to watch. Hmm. Um and I had the same sort of worry. I was like, when Stallone and and uh, Gibson have to do their showdown at the end, I was like, oh, really? Like, can Gibson still pull this off? And then I was like, I was like, has Gibson ever really been like a physical brawler the way Stallone is? And then I was like, oh wait, Lethal Weapon. Like, yeah, he was fucking badass in Lethal Weapon. I was like, he could probably pull do it you off. He could realize, probably make it. Do you realize what year Lethal Weapon was? Uh, dude, I don't even want to think about it. Too too long ago is the correct. They answer. are not young men. No, uh, so uh, but yeah, no. The the structure is uh, that they found the fun in this one. Like you know, uh, Stallone is you know he's doing his thing in the, the last movie. He has like a seventies. Uh, like handlebar, like porn mustache. Yeah, uh, which I really, I wish he still had that. I was kind of missing it this time. Uh, but he, you know, he he does his thing. Um, I, Snipes is amazing. Snipes uh, is amazing. Snipes is just absolutely flat out incredible. I think Harrison Ford is really good. He in had his some. Couple of he had a couple his of first great one liners. Yeah, his first scene is wonderful. What was he yelling in the? There was something really funny that he yelled from the helicopter. And I don't remember what it was, but yeah. we, we both laughed. Yeah, we did. I don't. Yeah, I didn't write it down. I don't know. I wish I had written that down because that yeah, there was. He had one a really good one liner. Uh, Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford when he was in the helicopter. Drummers in the house. Drummers, Drummers in, in the, the house. house. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> yep. Oh my god! And he like deadpans it too. He's like. Drummers in the house. He's like, there's no emotion behind it at all <laughs> for no reason. Yeah. That's that's one of those things like, oh yeah, no, he was in this movie because it was on his way to his next movie. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly right. Um But uh yeah, all all and Kelsey Grammer. Like Kelsey like it's a small part, he doesn't have to do much, but he's really fun. The whole like oh my I've got God. cancer bit is amazing. That was amazing. <laughs> it's so goddamn funny. For no reason. No, no, not at all. And here's the thing, and like that that's why the how how you can tell this is like the biggest improvement, is that not only are the first two movies like boring and and like too serious but they keep trying to be funny and just falling flat on their face like there's one uh joke at the very beginning of the movie uh when they when they first show up and they meet terry cruz and he's in the boat and he pulls out that huge ass gun yeah and and he's like yeah i got my big gun or whatever and, uh, you know, and Dolph Lundgren's like, yeah, it only lasts 10 seconds, and you blow your wad, and you can't do anything. And then they, like, they all laugh, and like, oh, ha, ha, that's funny. And he's like, yeah, they, you have that problem, too? Like, oh, ha, 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 ha. I don't know what you're talking about. And it's like, it's like half a joke in there, and it goes on, like, six lines of dialogue too long. It's yeah. like you're just beating the dead horse. That's the, the whole first two movies. It's that for an hour and a half that sounds it's, terrible yeah no it is it's like they keep trying to make jokes but it's like Dolph Lundgren can't quite deliver a joke Dolph right Lundgren. and Randy Couture can't quite react to a joke right so like none of it really they just they keep missing each other oh you know who's next it, Joe Rogan Joe, Joe Rogan like the fear factor guy yes 
He's huge now. Is he really? And he's bald. Oh, wow. I buy that. Uh, Ethan Emery. Ethan Emery could do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> he's also giant. Uh, and I mean, No, no, no. He's... he's not huge fat. He's, like, built. No, no, no. So is Ethan Emery. I mean, Oh, grills. Ethan Emery. I'm sorry. Not Ethan Emery. I was thinking of Ethan Supley. Oh, no. <laughs> That's a I was guy. like, that's not correct. Oh, that's a different experience. No, he's never used uh, cheap thrills. He's like jacked. He's like a he's like yeah, a yeah, 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 so. yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Yeah, no, look, I mean, I think that, well, who else? Who else should be? In, like I said, who else should be in? The, I don't even in know who's left. I think to... Kurt Russell is like a natural Kurt, Kurt fit. Russell. He'll be sure. in the new uh, Fast and Furious, so you know he seems to be like, hey, he wants to make some movies again. I would love to see him show up for a bit. Eventually, Tom Cruise. Yeah, he could do it. I mean, he, I, you know, although he's, I don't think he, he's not ready. Yeah, he's not he's slocky still, he, enough. He no, still can make real movies. Yeah, he's still making action movies that make money. Yeah, exactly. Um, it does seem like the list is getting a lot shorter. Well, Jet Li, you know what? Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan will show up in one of these I movies. I think he's too classy. I don't think that's true. He makes all those shitty kids movies. You're saying these movies are not classy? Yeah. <laughs> but I, you know what? Honestly, I think if he does, if he, if he weren't to do it, if he was approached and turned down, I think it would be... Uh, because Jet Li has been so terrifically wasted in these movies. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's barely in this one. He's in the first two as well. Uh, the second one, he's in it at just at the beginning. He's in, like, the first, they, when they break uh, Schwarzenegger out, and then he parachutes out of a plane, and you never see him again. Oh, fair And then enough. he only shows up at the end of this one. So, uh, yeah, he's been just, like, who's horribly wasted in these movies. Who's left? Uh, I'll tell you who was going to be, or who was approached for the second one, but wasn't actually in it, uh, turned them down. Which would have been amazing, Nicholas Cage. Cage is Nicholas Cage has got Expendables yeah. written all over him. Yeah, he does actually. They're also developing an all-female Expendables. 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 B e l l e s. Expendables. Isn't that adorable? The face that I'm making. I know. It's not adorable. I know. I'm sorry. You preferred this one with the ten men and the one token woman. No, no, Look, no, no. We put no, a woman no, 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 no. in it. The title. It's the, the title. title. I'm not cringing at the whatever. concept. I'm cringing at the, the title. Title's yeah. hilarious. Because t- imagine how like happy Sylvester Stallone's gonna sound when he gets to say it in the movie. I know. Right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Them together. That's what I was gonna say. Is I kind of if this one does well, and I kind of think this one will do well. I mean, it'll certainly make its money back. These things do not cost a lot to make because they shoot in fucking Bulgaria, and they can get Dolph Lundgren for a grilled cheese sandwich. <laughs> uh, but the Tony Hale, I, Tony Hale like would be great. Yeah, exactly. Tony, Tony Hale is a villain. <laughs> Dude, I'm on board. But no, I was going to say, I expect that, I kind of expect they do a fourth one, um, that, yeah, I bet that they will sort of backdoor pilot, they'll they'll introduce all of these, a bunch of female characters, so that they can, so there can be a direct spinoff, and it's not just like, oh, there's also a bunch of ladies that do badass stuff, like, I bet they introduce, like, Sigourney Weaver, or Gina Davis, or Helen Mirren, or somebody Gina like Torres. that. Gina Torres. Gina Torres, Gina Torres would be great. Mm-hmm. But it's like someone, someone who's got uh, Linda Michelle Hamilton. Rodriguez. Linda Hamilton has this written oh, all yeah. over. Oh, it, yeah. You know, Michelle oh, Rodriguez uh, yeah. is a shoe in totally. Yeah, uh, Michelle Rodriguez has the uh, Jason Statham role written all over I want, her. I want um, anyone who ever played Sarah Connor. Her yeah. name just fell out of my head, but the woman from Battlestar Galactica, she can be the Harrison Ford. Oh, uh, who played Laura Roslin? Yes, she, uh, can, she can be the Harrison Ford politico person. Um. Mary McDonald. Mary, Mary, Mary McDonald. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Mary McDonald. Jesus. Yeah. What's wrong with It's like us? Michael McDonald, but Mary Michael McDonald. I'll be there one more time. I would love to see Patrick Stewart in an Expendables movie. 
Um, I was gonna say I would love to see Ooh, Sean Bean. Sean Bean. Sean. Could be oh, Sean Bean could totally Maybe be in Expendables. Maybe he'd make it out Sean alive. Penn? You yeah. never know. Sean. No, Sean Norton. Penn's way too classy for this shit. Yeah. Norton. Uh, I would. I was gonna Norton's say too hard to work Norton with. would rewrite the script. Yeah. Right. I was gonna say John Malkovich, but he he he's does does the Red movies, so we you know he's already done that thing. It's fine. So. Also, Helen Mirren. Yeah, exactly. She'd be, which is why, honestly, which is why she would, if she was in these movies, it'll be because she was in Red, and she's like yeah. the best thing in those movies. Uh, Mary Louise Parker would probably would probably also get in that conversation. They need to get T one thousand to show up. What's his name? Uh, uh, Robert Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. David Wass. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, no, yeah, I mean that. Yeah, that's that seems. I, I'm I'm down with that. How about Duke I would love to see Duke Coveney show up. He's too goofy. Duke Coveney's amazing. I'm, I'm, but he could, he could be the Antonio Banderas of the next All right, I want, just, just for a moment, take this. So just replay the whole movie in your head, but replace Antonio Banderas with David Duchovny. It Doing works. all the same things. It oh, totally yeah, absolutely. works. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to take Antonio Banderas out, but I'm saying. No, he's amazing. That works. He is absolutely incredible. You know what movie. I appreciated about him in this one? He didn't bulk up. I, I, yeah. I get the distinct impression he did absolutely nothing. I also appreciated that when everyone else was wearing Kevlar, he was wearing, like, a black t-shirt and a little rolled-up knit cap yep. like he belonged in a Pink Panther movie. Oh, these I was movies, like, what is happening, I don't Antonio know Bendis? why. It's, like, the weirdest little sub-note. It's, like, I think I feel like it's the costume person, like, fucking with us, but especially, like, watching the second one. They love to put all of these guys in the strangest fucking hats, like <laughs> constantly. Like in the second one, they're constantly wearing newsboy hats. Like the whole fucking movie, they're like wandering around this like bombed out like Eastern European town, and they look like goddamn newsies. It's really hilarious. Yes, <laughs> like half the movie. It's so weird. It's like they're trying to look incognito. They've all got different weird caps on. Do we give a shit about any of the young people? No. 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 Okay. Good. No. I'm glad we're all on the same page. Not all. Because I don't even know who most of the people oh, are. I feel like of, I'm supposed to know who okay, they are. Okay. Sorry. Speaking of the one young guy with the computers. Yeah. So there is a joke about how Dolph Lundgren has <laughs> taken his computer thing. Yes. And it only has a 9% battery charge. And so now that he needs it, he's so annoyed because he's like, you didn't even charge the battery. What makes that funnier is when we first see Computer Guy in action, yeah. he has this little, like, drone thing that he's going to use so they can have cameras in the sky and see what they're doing. I swear to God, and I even said this to Daly, I swear I to God, he puts the thing on the ground to use it for the first time, and it says something like, battery charge 83%. And I even leaned over to Daly and said... You didn't charge that thing before the job? Like, you don't make sure you've got a full charge on your drone before you go into your job? Yeah. So, you know, people yeah. in glass houses, computer expert. <laughs> yeah. The fact that the last 20 minutes of the movie hinges on that thing having a battery charge is, like, yeah, absolutely yep. hilarious. But yeah, I mean, I don't even recognize any of those people. You do not recognize Kellen Lutz from the glory no, that is Twilight? I was going to say, no, he's the only one that I recognize. Uh, the, the trailer would, like, flash up all these names, like, Victor Ortiz and Ronda Rousey. I'm like, I don't know who the fuck. I think they wanted to be like nice and inclusive. No, no, I agree, but it's like, but yeah, but I don't, I I don't recognize, I don't, I don't know why I'm supposed to know any of these people. I assume most of them aren't actors, but I don't know, like, am I supposed to recognize these people from other contexts? I think they were just trying to not leave them out and almost do like a passing of the torch within the trailer. I mean, like I said, it's not like and to let you know that it's not just yeah. 
these guys. It's, like, there's more cast. Yeah, exactly. And there is kind of a wonky structure to this thing, where it's like, the whole thrust of this movie, of this franchise, is old, old guys yeah. fighting, and then, like, a third of the way through the movie, they're like, yeah, fuck all those old guys, let's go find some young guys. And I was like, oh, really? Like... Well, is that what we're going to do? See, the thing is, no, I didn't think so. I knew, I was like, okay, what's going to... Well, I knew they were going to come back. No, like, if if we had been watching this in your living room, yeah. I would have been, I would have like, pause, I'd be like, so what's going to happen <laughs> is all these new guys are going to go, and then Mel Gibson's going to capture them. And mm-hmm. they're going to have to get the old guys to go in and get them, and then have everybody fight together. Whee! <laughs> and that's an accurate description. And that story. is exactly what happened. But yeah, no, it seems like the whole, like, middle, like, the whole second act of the movie is, like, trying to negate the the very fabric of this franchise for a little while there but I, I was okay with it because Kelsey Grammer is so goddamn fun through the whole thing yeah. that I was like yeah it's fine it's fine I don't care about any of these young people uh, they could all die in a fire and I wouldn't I wouldn't care um, but but no it, it's but it, it still totally works and like I said I actually feel like in a way it actually kind of lends to that again that sense of like the history of the expendables that it's like yeah. that there have been like generations of expendables essentially that there were like they started with six guys and a bunch of them died and they've recruited new people over the years and that it's almost like he's trying to start like the next class of expendables kind of thing um so there's there is some kind of emotional value to that even though all of those characters yeah. are really paper thin and boring but then again like none of them are actors but they can get away with it because neither is Randy Couture, and <laughs> Dolph Lundgren only kind of counts as an actor. Did, did, it, did you find it at all weird when Mel Gibson was shooting Terry Crews that he was like, I'm going to shoot him in the leg? I thought and, he shot him in the ass. And then he shot him in the ass! He did. But I mean, then he I had a chest it, wound. I thought it was he shot him in the back. I thought he shot him no. in the back. No, uh, that could be. That might make more sense. I saw ass. I uh, saw ass too. I, I saw back. And I saw so leg and ass. Yeah, I was like, why? And, it, and he was so careful about those. Yeah, I was like, why? No, that makes way more sense that he would get shot in the back and still live. I was like, if he got shot in the chest, he is a dead man. Yeah, he, is, he had a wound center mass. I was like, there's no fucking way he survives that. I was bracing myself for dead Terry Crews for Terry Crews funeral scene. Yeah, like 20 minutes into to the movie. motivate everyone. Exactly right. Yeah, uh, but no, no. I mean, yeah, I I also I swear, saw leg and I, ass. I swear to God, it was leg and ass. Yeah, I think that was. I, think... I was like, Mel Gibson. Yeah, are you trolling them? Like, <laughs> I shot you in the ass, right? Um, now, here's the one other footnote that I'll say because um, we were talking about the directing not being great, and I don't think it's that great. Um, it, so it only gives me it's you know it's only with sadness that I report that. Patrick Hughes, the guy who directed this, will also be directing an American remake of The Raid. Which we do not need, no. by the way. No, because, like, you do an American remake Who's of The Raid. It? Well, they, it's still in development. They uh, apparently went out to Taylor Kitsch for the for the main role. Um, which, Bring like, in Gambit. Good idea. Yeah, right? Um, I don't know. He's also theoretically up for season two of True Detective. Um so, you know, it, it feels like his agents might be playing both sides, trying to sweeten the deal for True Detective, mm. um, which happens all the time. Um, but, yeah, I don't – I mean, yeah, there's no, there's no reason for that movie to exist um, I mean, on, the, Raid's on the not very even, face of the it. The Raid's not even that old. No, no. It's just it's – just, Was it 2011? Yeah. Yeah, no, this is just too, a studio going, like, people don't like subtitles. Meh, you know, like... Too soon, bro. Yeah. Too so there's, there's no reason for this movie to exist. Moreover, like, when you make an American movie of this, you're going to... The first thing that's going to happen is you're going to cut out 
the distinctive Indonesian martial arts, which yeah. is the only thing that makes that movie like interesting and you know distinctive. Uh, so like, there's doubly reason for this movie to not happen. And like, I don't think Hughes is like terrible. He relies way too much on like close up shaky cam, which is the antithesis it of was, what makes the raid great. It was it was like watching the the Count Dooku fight. Mm. It, it was just, Where it's just like, flashing it's just light. Like, it's just like I can't like pull back, buddy. Yeah, I can't. I can't see what's happening. There's that one really weird shot where they all get blown out into the water. That's right, and, and it's, it's just, just like cr- ass. It's just a shot of his cr- somebody's crotch. You don't even know whose it is. Yeah, it's just a close up of crotch floating in a wa- floating in the water for a good second or yeah, two. No, it's like a good. It's like five solid seconds of just wet crotch. It's so weird. Uh, so yes, this know. gives me absolutely no no hope for this American remake of the raid. I just, I mean, it just. Well, they're gonna. I mean, they're gonna change everything anyway. No, exactly. I mean, it's they okay. should, you shouldn't even call it the raid. You you can just watch the. First uh, moreover, they already made an American remake of the raid. It was called Dread. It was the same Ooh. fucking. It was the exact same fucking plot, just done with sci-fi and. Psychics. I am the Hague. I am the Hague. That was an incredible. That was a great franchise. That catchphrase callback line. Yeah, that was. I'll give it that one. I love that. Well, I think it's that time. Heart of the Ghostbusters. Antonio Banderas. There's only one right answer. I am not at all shocked to hear you say that. <laughs> Neither am I. Yeah. Uh, Bartholomew and Heart of the Ghostbusters. Who do you want to? Have, who's your drinking buddy? Who do you want to have a drink with? Kelsey Grammer. Kelsey Grammer. It's a fine choice. You know sir. why? Why? Well, first of all, he's not crazy. Yeah. I mean, the obvious choice is Wesley Snipes. Yeah. But I am not totally convinced he wouldn't go crazy and cut. I was me. gonna say he might throw a knife at you. Yeah. Whereas Kelsey Grammer is not going to hurt you. He will just play pranks on you and make you think he has cancer and be like, oh, this is all bullshit. Like, that's the guy you want to drink with. I can get on board with that. Yeah. Whatever. He'll make you pot. Like, he'll make you pay for all the drinks because he's dying of cancer, and then he won't tell you until later. <laughs> that's true. That you, of, would, you would end up picking up the tab. Right, surely. but you kind of appreciate that guy. Yeah. He's a, he's a scamp. He's a pragmatist. He's like, I don't think you're going to make it out of this one. I think I'd like to get paid up front, please. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a great bit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think I gotta go Wesley Snipes. Someone has to go with Wesley I, Snipes. I gotta go Wesley Snipes. He's too fucking weird I not mean, to. Every, like, Just sit there and watch him bow and like... From the moment he appeared, I was like, oh, that's my heart of Ghostbusters. And I was like, it just... Yeah. But then, no. Kelsey Grammer's too great. Everybody's cameos were amazing. Yeah. yeah. Which is what these should have been all along. Exactly. These movies should be fun, if nothing else, when you have aging action. Like, the whole concept is aging action stars. Yeah. All of them. And this together. Is, it's the first time that, that concept actually like functions together on screen. Like every cameo is great. None of them are overblown. None of them are wasted, except for kind of Jet Li. But he's not really a cameo. He's just like a supporting character in these movies. But none of the new appearances. They're they're all they're all great. They're all utilized exactly the way they should be, and they're all entertaining in their own individual way. Uh, all right. Well, I think that probably just about so wraps it up for us. Short. I promised it would be short. We're we're at an hour twenty, and we're gonna cut some stuff out. So this is like our shortest one in ages. So yep. Um, final final thoughts on on the Expendables three. Wait for wait until it streams, and ignore the first two. Oh really? I see. I think not that it's just like it has to be seen on a big screen, but I think seeing it in a theater full of people 
Like, I think a lot of that humor will play a lot better in a, in a room full of people. No, you just need a bunch of your friends and a lot of alcohol. Exactly. Well, you could do that, too. Exactly. Don't, don't watch it alone you know what on it, your you couch. Know, you know what it's like? It's like Lost Highway. Okay. It's just better on a couch with your buddies and some booze mm-hmm. and, it's, and people to heckle. It's, sure. it's heckling fuel. Which is what these should have been all along. Fun, yeah. heckling. You miss something because someone said something funny. Meh. Doesn't matter. That's what. That's that's fair. Although I really do think that this movie, like, I was ready to walk into this. Look, I bought myself like a like a fifth of Jim Beam and drank most of it during the course of the movie. You did that shit stunk, man. Yeah, well, I also spilled some of it on me during the middle of the movie. Uh, so. That's probably what it was. Uh, but the the I was ready because the first two were so bad that I was ready to be like, all right, let's tear this movie a new asshole. But I actually, I, I honestly enjoyed it. I like, I was genuinely into that movie as it was happening. I was laughing a lot, but I was laughing with those characters and not at those that terrible movie. Right. Uh, which is, I mean, that's like a miracle to me. You yeah. Know? I, I never thought I, that was gonna. That was the last thing that I expected to have happen. So I think this was a pleasant surprise. So here's hoping. Lowered expectations. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thank you guys for uh, for coming. Thank you guys for being here as always. Uh, we'll see how this. Are, are we adding more as always is to this as, podcast? As always is. Uh, we'll see how this new format plays out. How people how people dig it. I don't know. What are we seeing next week? I'm down for Let's Be Cops. I well, I was thinking we should not do Let's Be Cops as a podcast, uh, only because I feel like the comedy podcasts are the least interesting ones because it's just like ah that was funny yeah that was funny <laughs> like if there isn't like a a bigger like angle to the movie like yeah. 22 jump street where it's like oh we could talk about sequels and whatever um but this one's just it's like it's yeah, meta. That, it's yeah, meta exactly like you could talk about movies as a whole but I feel it's like, extreme bro it's super extreme bro this whole uh, movie was like it was like drinking mountain dew right Next week is the Sin City sequel. Mm, to kill for. Okay. Do you have the first one? I do. It's it's on the shelf. I've been meaning to rewatch okay. it for a while, and I haven't gotten I haven't gotten around to it yet. So I'll have to do that this week or this weekend. I think I have it somewhere. Yeah. I'm, I mean, I'm curious. I think yeah. I'm curious to see. So, like, as we mentioned the 300 sequel earlier. Like, 300 is a movie that is very like yeah. of a moment in time. Yes. And the yes. whole concept of doing a sequel like almost a decade later. Is it, like, has it been that long? Uh, yeah, I think so. I think it was Jesus. like 2004. Um, that, I mean, I think I was in college when, when 300 came out. So I was definitely in college when Sin City came out. I saw that in L.A. with Rob. Uh, so the the idea of like doing something that's that that's like so uh, so entrenched in a very distinct visual style and doing a sequel to that like 10 years later seems like is there is that still relevant anymore does anyone still give a shit about that but everybody people seem to really like the 300 sequel i heard like nothing but surprisingly positive uh feedback for it i'm i mean i'm down for seeing more marv yeah yeah exactly like i said i want more i always want more mickey rourke in my life so uh so yeah it's got a good cast i'm 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 curious i'll give it a go so uh yeah all right sin sin city sin city a dame to kill for next week we'll see see how that goes yeah. All right. Well, uh, you can follow me uh, on the blog, dailyscreening.com, uh, as well as uh, on Twitter at Daily Screening, on uh, Facebook, on 
Instagram. Uh, I, in fact, I uh, I made a meme today. So I have you a, are so proud of that meme. I'm very proud of that meme. <laughs> I think it's I think it's I think it's pretty clever if I do say so myself. Uh, so I have an imger now for making memes. And you can subscribe to the podcast on uh, on SoundCloud and on iTunes, and please rate and review as well. I'm also exploring other podcasting places like other apps that people use to subscribe to podcasts i'm trying to figure out if there are other places that i should be publishing the podcast to that i'm missing out on uh so hey if, if you're listening to the podcast still some think... other way and you're like oh man i have to like import this shit manually or something like let me know we certainly had fun talking i hope you've had fun listening have a lovely evening and a fantastical tomorrow 